Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. David could not die in Absalom's place because that would have broken God's covenant to set up an eternal kingdom through David's line. Again, this is why the people refused to allow David to go into the battle, because what if David had died while trying to help Absalom survive? That would have been totally against God's will. It was God's intent to protect his covenant promise on David, even though David wasn't seeing straight. And here now he's not even speaking straight. Oh, if I had died instead of you, he's not thinking straight. He's not speaking straight. He was incapable of seeing the full picture of everything that was going on around him. And this is why the Lord God holds up his covenant despite our faults. Aren't you glad he can do that? Another flashback that I have to take you into is when Nathan the prophet told David that a certain someone had committed some murderous, terrible crime. Remember how David reacted? David snapped and says, this guy needs to pay back fourfold. He needs, he should pay back four times over. And then Nathan told him, you're the man. You're the man I'm talking about. You're the one that did it. And so the very judgment that David pronounced over this mystery man, whoever this guy was, that's now the judgment that David now has to endure, the loss of fourfold, four times over. As of now, in 2 Samuel 18, three of David's sons have now died. First was David's infant son that he had conceived with Bathsheba. That son died. Second, David lost Amnon in chapter 13. Remember, he's the one that Absalom killed for raping Tamar. And so, now Absalom died here in chapter 18. We're up to three. Since David proclaimed this supposed guilty mystery man should have to pay back fourfold, then David still has one more son to go. Three are gone. David has to lose one more, which is going to be Adonijah later in 1 Kings 2, verse 25. That's where it talks about Adonijah is going to die. That will make the fourfold that David pronounced on the guilty, which the guilty was him when he had Uriah murdered for trying to cover up the sin for sleeping with Bathsheba. Now, I want us to recall how at least two of David's sons had died. One of them was in 2 Samuel 12, 15. It says, and the Lord struck the child. Y'all see that? The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. Then there's 2 Samuel 17, 14. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. I want you to look at both of these verses. Who is causing their deaths? It says the Lord. The Lord's not allowing it. He is causing it. Do you see that? You really got to see that the Lord is actually causing their death. 
Right? Sounds to me like you're saying the Lord killed him. He is because he's upholding his covenant promise. You think of it, friends, the eternal life covenant that come down through David's line onto Messiah Jesus to save all of mankind from death. That was bound in a covenant. These were people that were involved in the mess of it that was trying to take the covenant out, and the Lord had to deal with the mess. He had to take out the sin. God had to execute judgment on sin. That's why the Lord is doing this. Now, friends, I know this is hard to read, seeing that God himself is the one that ordered these deaths. It does not sound like the stereotypical God that we like to think about these days, to think that God would order the death of, he would strike the child. You saw it. It says he struck him. It says that God had the intent. He had the purpose to have Absalom destroyed. But what these stories are telling us that we're reading here is that when God makes a covenant promise, the sin that around it that has to be dealt with that sin has to be paid for. Do you hear me? It's got to be paid for, and sin is paid for with death. I want us to remember what David said after he realized that he sinned with Bathsheba. He said in 2 Samuel twelve thirteen. so David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Look at that. The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Friends, Nathan just said, The Lord put away your sin. The Lord put away your sin. Oh, good. He put away my sin. He told me I shall not die. Okay, let's go find Bathsheba and let's do it all over again. No. The Lord put away your sin, Nathan said. You shall not die. But your sin is still going to bring in consequences. That's something I want to convey today. You may be walking under covenant with God. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm saved. That gives you no right to party. You're still going to have to answer the consequences of your sin. I want us to recognize how the Lord put David under the Davidic covenant. All this stuff's going to happen through you, David, and I will uphold it. He put him under that covenant before David committed adultery with Bathsheba and before David had her husband Uriah killed. So the Lord made a covenant. Think of this. He made a covenant with a man knowing full well that he had yet in the future to commit adultery and murder. Yet the Lord made a covenant with him anyway. You catching what I'm saying here, guys? He put David under covenant knowing that he still had yet to do these wicked things. I want you to look at Hebrews 8 and 12. It says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. The Father God says, I will be merciful to your righteousness? No. He said, I'll be merciful to your unrighteousness because you have no righteousness of your own. See, friends, God already knows we're sinners. He already sent Jesus to die on the cross to set up an eternal covenant with us today, still, even though he knows that we are sinners. He already factored that into the equation before he established the covenant. 
Most people today, they only remember the part where God says, oh, your sins I will remember no more, but they overlook the part where God says, I will be merciful in their unrighteousness. When you get under covenant with Jesus, it does say that he is merciful to our unrighteousness. When you have sinned, you have done terrible things, and they're wrong, and you know they're wrong, you shall not die. If you're under the covenant of Jesus Christ, your sins have been taken away. Just like Nathan said to David, he took your sins away. You shall not die. You're going to live. But the consequences are still going to come in behind it. This means that, okay, you're once saved, always saved people, the eternal security people. I agree with you. Once saved, you're saved. You shall not die. You'll live. The Lord put your sins away. But. Those of you that get your feathers ruffled thinking that this condones a sin license, I want to show you this gives no place whatsoever for a sin license. You cannot say, I'm saved by Jesus, now I'm going to go party and do whatever I want to. No, you cannot. Because we have to consider that even after Nathan told David that he would not die, that did not stop the consequences of David's sin from rolling in. I always say, you can choose your sins but you never get to choose the consequences that come along with it. David has lost a son. Somebody had to die for it, okay? You follow me? Jesus parallel, are you following me? Somebody died for it. David lost a son, then he lost another son, Amnon, and then David lost a third son, Absalom, here in chapter 18. And he has to lose one more son yet. He's going to lose another one, but David is not going to die. His sins has been taken away from him. Why? Because David is under covenant with God. Now, friends, do you think that for one second that David's attitude is, woohoo, I'm not going to die. I've got God's promise over me. I'm going to find another Bathsheba tonight. Let's party. Do you think David's thinking that? No, he's not. What does it say? It says he wept. Oh, my son, Absalom. Oh, my son, Absalom. To the sin license party people out there, I can just say, oh, save me, Jesus, and go do whatever I want to. I want to tell you right now, those of you that think that a sealed covenant is a wicked license to sin, do you see David acting like he gets to sin all he wants to? Absolutely not. David is in a bad state here in chapter 18. He is in anguish. He is in absolute misery. David is suffering over the consequences of his sin. He's weeping. He's not, oh, I'm saved, sin's gone, I'm, I'll just go party. He's not. He's saying, oh, Absalom, my son, Absalom, he is broken. Friends, I teach the biblical truth that salvation is sealed once you have it, but I never ever teach the non-biblical lie that you can abuse grace to sin all the more. You can't. It doesn't work that way. What does the Bible say? It says that God put David under covenant, and then after that, after David got under covenant, he messed up. He committed sins adultery and murder. And even though God persistently upheld the covenant that he promised, that he bound 
for David. After God promised David, I took away your sins. After God promised David, you shall not die, you're going to live. Then being merciful to David's unrighteousness, like we just read, that still did not stop the consequences of David's sin from happening. Kept under covenant, yes. Stop the consequences, no. Friends, we really need to get a hold of this picture in chapter 18 because being guaranteed salvation by the promise of God in no way, shape, or form condones a sin license for you to say, I'm saved, I can do anything I want to now. You can't. Because sin has painful consequences. Sin hurts. And those consequences are to get you to have better reverence for covenant. The covenant you're under with God, it's designed to get you back into reverent obedience with the Lord. That's what the consequences do. The suffering. Don't say, I'm saved, I can do what I want. You are abusing grace. Perhaps if your attitude's like that, you may not be saved like you think you are. But look at David. How's David reacting? He's under covenant. He's spared. But boy, he sure is hurt. He is broken by his sin. Your sins will not cut off your covenant promise from God after he has promised to remove your sins from you. When God promises, I remove your sins and take them away, you will live. He doesn't go back on his word, even though you think your sin undoes the covenant. It does not. David's sin here in chapter 18 does not undo the covenant. He keeps the covenant because his sins were taken away. Friend, I want you to look at John one twenty nine. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Romans 6 and 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. In verse 12, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Friends, Paul's words here, he wrote this. Paul's words should serve as a continual reminder to us, just like Absalom's pillar has served as a continual reminder of what happens to the bad kids, that in this chapter, that we should be reminded not to abuse covenant. In this chapter, we saw God upholding covenant while at the same time executing judgment upon the sinful. God upheld his covenant promise with us, while at the same time took out his judgment on Jesus. Now, I showed you how many of David's sons died, and it's easy to accept Absalom's death because he was wicked. It's easy to say that, well, Amnon died because he was wicked too, but some of you might be wrestling with the fact of why God struck David's infant son with death. Because you're thinking the child, that child didn't do anything wrong. Now, Amnon and Absalom, wicked guys. Yeah, kill them, God. They were bad. Okay, I get it. They deserve to die. They need the judgment on them. But that infant son did nothing wrong. Why did he have to die? 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Friends, Jesus did nothing wrong, yet God struck him. Why did God strike his own son? So that you and I could be saved. 
We sinners deserve death just as much as Absalom did, as much as Amnon did. But when you think of Jesus dying for your sin, does it gut-wrench you as bad as it does as when you think of an innocent child dying? When you think of David's child dying as a result of David's sin, why does that sound so unfair? Why do you have so much reverence for that infant child who did nothing wrong? But yet you abuse grace and say, oh, I'm saved. I can party all I want to. Do you realize Jesus did nothing wrong? Do you not have the same emotion, the same honor, the same obedience, the same reverence for the death of Jesus as you do for David's infant son? You should. The death of Jesus should stir you up to have a regard for his sacrifice, to honor it, to submit to it, to bow to it. And if you're saying this ain't fair for God to kill, to strike sickness and, and, for, and death on that innocent child, then you should be saying it was not fair that Jesus had to die for my sin also. But yet he did it. That's the only way we could be saved, and he did it anyway. So stop thinking, sin license. I'm saved, I'm going to party all I want to. And stop thinking that God can't uphold his covenant if you mess up bad enough. Oh, I sinned, God's going to take salvation away from me. No, he's not. Well, then that doesn't mean I can sin all I want to. That doesn't mean it either. Look at chapter 18. David sinned after getting under covenant. God said, I will uphold it despite you. David sinned. He sinned bad. You shall not die. Your sins are taken away. But that didn't stop the consequences from rolling in. And David isn't partying. Let's do it again. Come on, find me another Bathsheba. He's weeping. He's broken. Friends, this is an accurate picture of what God does with people, a sinful people like you and me. When he makes a covenant with them, he keeps it despite our sin. God keeps his covenant promises despite us. We need to stop abusing the grace that he gives us, and we need to think of covenant not as a sin license, but as a repent license. This triggers one final thought for us today. There are a lot of sinful and political agendas out there that are trying to ramp up. They are prideful. There's all kinds of sin, but there's even a pride month. It's we're going to sin and we're going to do it, and we have a right to it. And some of them march under the word pride, and they march under a rainbow flag. Friends, that rainbow does not belong to them. That rainbow belongs to a covenant that God made with man. It's in Genesis 9 and 14. It says, It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. And so you have people today that are marching in a sinful lifestyle. They're saying, it's my right. I'm going to do what I want to. And they're marching under a rainbow flag because they are saying, this is ours. We are marching under it. We're calling it pride. And God, you can't touch us. We're going to do what we want to do the way we want to do it. And it's not just a certain lifestyle. It's all kinds of people that are acting the same way. You may not be marching under a rainbow flag calling yourself pride. You may be living in willful sin of a number of different kinds and thinking, well, God can't touch me because I, 
Yeah, God loves me. He'll be fine with me. No, you need to be repentant. You need to be sorry about your sin. David is sorry. God is going to deal with sin. He will. Now, consider Absalom's long hair. It was a pride issue for him. He kept it long because he was praised for it. Man, Absalom, you look good. But the Lord used Absalom's hair against him as the very means by which Absalom was snared for destruction. He got caught in a tree by his hair, of all things. Friends, there are people that are pushing their agenda out there, and the very things, the very tools, the very methods by which they push their agenda, the things they cling to for their own selfish gain is going to be exactly what God brings them to judgment with. You just think, oh, God just sounds scary. Yeah, he is if you're against him. You should be. The fear of God is a smart thing. It's the beginning of wisdom. But I also want you to remember John 3.17 about the Lord. Okay, remember this. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Friends, I'm not trying to just paint God as this angry God with lightning bolts in his hands. He's ready to slash you into pieces like a lightsaber and say, there, you're evil. I killed you. I feel better. No, he's going to deal with sin. Sin causes damage. It hurts people. It needs to be paid for. If you go into a store and break something, the store owner is going to say, you need to pay for that. You broke it. Friends, we all broke God's law. Somebody's got to pay for it. The problem is the price is too high. We can't afford it. And so God sent his own son. He purposely, with intent, to have his own son die on the cross so that your sin and my sin could be paid for. That's what God did for you. And again, you need to look at the Lord's sacrifice like you see that infant child. If that hurts you, if that tears you up, it should tear you up that Jesus, who did nothing wrong, died for you. Give your life to Jesus. He doesn't want to see you condemned, but he's not going to tolerate your sin. It's going to be dealt with one way or another. Absalom died with his own sin on him because he wouldn't repent. And friend, if you don't repent of your sin, you're going to die with it upon you. However, God gave you a way out through Jesus Christ. And if you choose to repent of your sin and say, Lord, take over, the Lord will put it on Jesus. Say, Lord, forgive me. Your sin penalty will transfer off of you, and it will go to the cross 2,000 years ago, and Jesus will die with it and take care of it there upon him instead of you taking it upon yourself. Say this prayer. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I know you've got to deal with sin. Forgive me. I want to get under the new covenant of Jesus' blood that he spilled for me at the cross. Forgive me of my sins. I walk in the covenant with you, Lord. Thank you. And thank you that it's yours to uphold, not mine. I, I'd mess it up. And Father, whenever I try to go get something that I want, and you hold me back, may I remember from Second Samuel 18, you're holding me back because I don't see the whole picture. You're trying to uphold your covenant for me. Forgive me. Thank you for being merciful to my unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, you've taken my sins away that I will not die. I walk with reverence to your covenant in Jesus. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.